I don't want to geek out on marketing, but we actually have a whole journey, content journey, that uh, people go along the journey with us from brand awareness to, okay, now I'm willing to listen to a best practice and then into conversion to I'm willing to listen to how 120 might be able to help us fit into that, that best practice to I'm willing to consider uh, doing a demo. Welcome to What Are We Talking About, a podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. Megan Glover of 120, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. We're really excited to have you for a number of reasons, which we'll get into very soon. But what Jim and I like to do to start is to explain how we first got to hear about you and why we're impressed with you and why we wanted you on the podcast. So I can speak for myself. I first met you during Imagine H2O's Innovation Week. I think it was in 2017. Is that right? Or 2018? 2018. 2018. Unbelievable. So 2018, your company won the, the like accelerator award that year, which is great. And then of course I've followed your progress ever since. So big announcement with a Denver water contract, $19 million, incredible. You've done some really innovative work around marketing, which of course we're excited to talk about too. And then I'm just generally impressed with female founder outside of water and is signing big partnerships with companies like Hawk and doing all sorts of stuff. So from, from a water point of view, from a commercial point of view, from a personal point of view, just think you're remarkable. So again, excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, Megan. And I, and I, same, same thing. I, I first heard about you, learned about your work at the Imagine H2O when you won the Accelerator Award. I didn't get to meet you there, but I spoke to a lot of members of your team and they were very complimentary about your leadership. And I was very impressed with how they looked at you. And, and since then, um, you know, heard the good work that uh, Tom Brunst did uh, on the webinar with uh, Water Online and how he presented the company. Very impressed with how you take an approach to marketing and looking at that specific market niche. So again, you know, congratulations on all the good work you guys have been doing. Um, well, thank you both. I, I'm certainly not worthy, but uh, just I've, I've enjoyed meeting you both and uh, consider you, uh, you know, mentors and certainly confidants along the way. So it's a pleasure to be with you. Right. So why don't you get into how you came up with the concept of 120 Water and then tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing next and, and how you're going forward with your marketing plans. Okay, great. Well, um, yeah, thank you again for having me. Um, so, so 120 Water, um, so we were founded in 2016. And Adam, as you mentioned, uh, my background is not in water. I, um, I had spent um, at that point in time over a decade 
actually building um, sales and marketing functions for business-to-business software as a service companies across many different verticals. So really my passion was building something from nothing. So literally starting companies that were less than 100,000 in revenue, growing them to millions and millions, and um, eventually exiting to companies such as um, uh, Oracle and Salesforce, Home Advisor, et cetera. So um, in the Indianapolis or Indiana tech ecosystem. So, you know, that was my background. And in um, 2016, and this is this is the honest truth in terms of how 120 was started. It was literally over a cup of coffee with my mentor of mine, who we were actually tar- talking about a, a new company that he was starting. And um, I met, I went there thinking, hey, maybe we, you know, maybe I'd join that and, and grow that sales and marketing organization. But um, something was also happening at that time, the, the Flint, Michigan water crisis. Sure. And as we were having a cup of coffee, he he said, Megan, can you believe what's going on? You know, you're a mom of two. Uh, I mean, have you ever thought about testing your water? And it was at that time where I'm like, you know, Chris, I, I mean, I buy the organic snacks, the hormone free milk, um, but I've never thought about, you know, testing my water. So that night, kind of using my my marketing background and, you know, go to market, I did all this market research about where would I go to get my home water tested and really didn't find a viable option. And so the next day I called my water company and I said, I'd like to have my home's water tested. And they said, well, we don't we don't do that. You know, you can call a lab. So I called a lab and they said, we don't really do residential. If you want to do a drinking water panel, that'll be (laughs) $3,000. And so I went back to my business partner and I said, you know, Chris, I said, I I don't, I don't know what this is going to be, but I think that there needs to be a more consumer friendly solution. And so uh, 120 Water was born. So literally myself and a couple other of uh, uh, of, uh, entrepreneurs, we threw in about $135,000. And we launched 120 Water really as a box subscription to uh, laboratory water testing, very similar to 23andMe. So, um, so that's actually the the origin story. And then, um, given my business to business and enterprise software background, as we started launching the product and getting it in front of the municipal market, and they started using it for uh, their their regulatory water quality uh, programs. And whatnot, um, I started asking them what kind of database of record or system of record they were using to manage their programs, and they would hand me an Excel sheet. <laughs> and and I said, really, you know, this is how you're managing all of this data. And um, so we prototyped a piece of software, and that was pre-purchased by um, a number of municipalities, and that's really where we pivoted the business to focus on uh, really the municipal and government market. So that's uh, that's the origin story uh, of, of 120 Water. I love, I love the idea that uh, it started with market research. Megan and and the French have the term uh, the French marketers have the term chercher le créneau look for the hole right and so that's what you did and then you brought your expertise in another area completely separate from water and use that as a springboard to say hey I see something that's missing and how can I turn this into a business so it's a great a great start of the story that's one of the things that Jim and I joke about for this podcast is that. We actually aren't here to talk about water. Yeah. We're here to talk about how people talk about water. And so one of the reasons we wanted to have you on was because you bring such a different perspective to this industry, 
having not worked in it for 10, 20, 30 years, like many of us have, what are some of those lessons that you've brought from a sales and marketing point of view mm-hmm. outside of water that have ramped and accelerated growth for your business that other people in the industry should learn from? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, I mean, that's a great, uh, I mean, how much time do we have? Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, but I think um, just conceptually, I think trying to solve uh, or fill those holes you know, first solving the complex problems is actually a value part of our vision and values solve complex problems. Um, because, you know, what we found as a business is if we try to apply technology from other industries to solve some of our most complex problems that we're working on, that we actually have provided uh, immense value to our customers in the industry. Does that make, does that, if that makes sense? So it's really, we don't, we don't shy away from trying to solve the complex problems. We actually try to solve those first and, and really start at the, at the, Point of the value chain that that's the hardest to solve for, if that makes sense, because I think our backgrounds and in working in other industries have really shown us what's possible. I mean, who would have thought five years ago you would drop ship your drop ship your water quality testing kits? I mean, the door slammed in my face. No one ever thought that they would, you know, have someone else deliver their kits. But now it's becoming a thing. So I think it's um, I think it's again it's really trying to solve those complex problems first. Um, and really looking towards outside industry and how they have done it mm-hmm. and either trying to improve upon it or bring it into water. Um, so running towards that. And then I think just from that sales and marketing background, um, because that's in my DNA, it's really about, uh, for us, it's been about how do we build this open ecosystem and this community? Because you know we are in software as a service business. And that as a service component is much more than the technology that release on a monthly basis, right? It's about the community that we're building. It's about the thought leadership that gets shared. It's about the, how do we connect with other products to bring in the ecosystem to make, you know, the experience in 120 water uh, most valuable for the customer. So I think what we've tried to do is, is bring that idea into water and, and as opposed to, I think, quite frankly, I'm just gonna say, I think water is a very closed ecosystem. If if you don't purchase this tech stack and if it's not managed by this, you know, this company, it's really hard to integrate with. Sure. And And that's not how how business works. Yeah. Yeah, One of the things that Adam and I always talk about is the fact that we really need to get the general public to understand the value of water, because if they don't understand the value of water, they're not going to pay for our products and services. So, you know, we love the idea of what you're doing around that, building a community. Tell us a little bit about the Lego sets you had uh, mentioned to us uh, previously. I brought one. Oh, Uh, fantastic. uh, So, and again, you know, again, solving the, going back to embracing and running towards those, those complex problems, even as simple as, you know, our original kits, putting the directions in plain English about how customers and the average customers are used to following directions as opposed to what the EPA gives you on their, you know, on their website. Such, so really, it's such a, that's such a good example. I mean, how many people need a water bill and they don't know how to read it. I mean, it might show you how many gallons you used last month or whatever, but generally it's not like, here's some easy water saving tips. Here's how it might benefit you and your health. Right. right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's just bringing simple, simple, plain, you know, plain English to, to water. And so one of the things we did is um, we had these, these drinking water treatment plant, like Lego kits made. I don't know if you can see them right there. That's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. My, my nine-year-old, my nine-year-old can do it in 45 minutes, but you know, the idea is, you know, take, take this home, share it with your kids, share it with your grandkids and teach them a little bit about what's going on here. Right. And um, how, you know, how your drinking water gets made and uh, why it's so important to your everyday. And so um, again, whether it's our kits, whether it's our, you know, Lego sets, uh, whether it's stickers, you know, we try to market things that our customers and community would be excited to share with with their family, their their schools, their um, wherever they want to extend the 120 brand to really help them communicate the value of water. So, OK, so let's let's stick on this point for a second, because I want to talk about the business, the economics of investing in Lego kits or stickers that say badass women of water. In our industry, and for most people listening to this podcast, I am I imagine they're thinking about trade industry publications, they're thinking about WefTech booths, they're thinking about maybe LinkedIn ads, but never in a million years would they consider investing in Lego kits or investing in stickers. So how as a CEO do you decide to make that decision to invest hard dollars in something where you may or may not see an ROI, a real ROI immediately from it. Tell us about those calculations that are going on in your head. Oh gosh. Um, so, you know, I just, I just think back personally and professionally of the, the brands that I have invested in. And, you know, when you're, when you're starting out, you're not going to get everything perfect. You're just not right. And you have corporates that have a lot of many, many decades of brand recognition. Have you ever heard that saying no one gets fired for buying IBM? Doesn't happen when you're a startup, you get fired all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think for, at least for me as a CEO, it was as important to build a brand that people trusted and wanted to interact with as well as quality product. And knowing that a lot of our early customers and our still customers today, they're still waiting on product roadmap things that are coming tomorrow. That's that's why you are an as a service. That's why you buy iterative modern modern software. But along the way, you know, they also need to believe and trust in you and trust in the brand. And so I think, again, I think building a company is more uh, is is about producing a quality product. But it's also about buying buying a brand that you can trust, that, you know, is going to get the job done, that, you know, has their well-being at heart. And I think the little things matter. You know what I mean? And, and that's why we carve out a portion of our budget just to do brand and well-being things for our internal employees and external because it matters. And I love going into a customer's office and they have these on their shelves. <laughs> and I love it. Or going to a conference and they you flash their phone and they have it. And it's just, uh, it gives me some chills thinking about it because that means, okay, you know, you know, they, uh, they, they like it, right? They're interacting with it. It makes them smile and, um, and, and it puts 120 at center. You're listening to the Water We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online. 
the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals, showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders. Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you make your uh, technical presentations? I mean, that's a little bit around, uh, you know, how you're getting the word out about 120 Water. But like I said, I was impressed with what uh, Tom Bruns did uh, in his presentation in the webinar. And it was intriguing to me that he didn't talk about 120 Water until the very end of the presentation. Um, It was all about trends. It It was all about you know, what's going on in the water industry. Can you tell us a little bit about how that was developed and and what our audience could take away from from your ideas around that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, thought thought leadership and best practices are are so are so very important. And um, and we've actually lately even been called. Have you ever heard Midwestern nice? (laughs) I work for a Minnesota company. (laughs) (laughs) Someone attended one of our webinars and they said, that was very Midwestern. And I said, I I said, I unpack that for me. Like, I don't understand. They said, well, it was just very informational, right? And you didn't try to cram down your product or why you're better than the competition. It was just very informational. Um, And we just consider that thought leadership that honestly needs to happen in the market for people to adopt our solution and use it correctly. Because that's that's the big key there. It, it is when you're in a market where you're trying to shift behavior, whether that's around adopting a digital solution or a new way of doing something, that has to start with best practices and and why to make that behavioral shift. Sure. So um, I don't want to geek out on marketing, but we actually have a whole journey, content journey that uh, people go along the journey with us from brand awareness to, okay, now I'm willing to listen to a best practice and then into conversion to, I'm willing to listen to how 120 might be able to help us fit into that, that best practice to, I'm willing to consider uh, doing a demo or, or that. T- so um, we have this whole content journey that, uh, that folks are able to, uh, I guess, go through with us. As they as they are interacting with 120 Water, this I mean, Water Online talks about uh, going from uh, early stage content to middle stage content to late stage content, and it makes a lot of sense. You want to build that credibility up front, and then people start to follow you down that path they, where you want to take them, rather than you know, here's our product, here's what we can do for you right away. It's, it's this is I mean, this is gold, Megan, and we want you to nerd out on the marketing stuff because. So, I mean, you know, you walk into WefTech and you see a dozen or more pump suppliers. Mm-hmm. How do you stand? How do you differentiate yourself? You know, that's that's the question so many of them are asking. And what I typically see, and I think Jim would agree, and you probably have too, Megan, even though you've only been in industry for a couple of years is, you know, here's our horsepower rating. Here's the pump curve. Here's, you know, the throughput. Here's this and that. And, and to hear about a a customer journey or a brand journey or, or marketing collateral. Those are not terms that are familiar to a lot of people in this industry. Mm -hmm. They just haven't heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what, uh, you know, being a, a kind of a digital, even our kids are digital, you know, in that, um, as a company, we're able to iterate really, really fast. 
I mean, that's the great thing. That's why I love being in technology enabled businesses as opposed to a lot of hardware or things that, you know, once you kind of go down a path, you have to commit to that, if that makes sense. So that constant learning and that constant feedback is so important, but you have to ask for it. Does that make sense? And, and that's why I think, um, you know, having a structured way that you go about thinking about the content that you put out there and then you receive back is just so imperative to innovation and building the right things that people care about. Hmm. So would you, so, so take your water company of choice, big, small, what have you. And if you were to walk in and say, you know, here's the first two things you should think about relative to your marketing strategy Mm. in water that either that has worked for you or maybe that you brought from outside the industry in, what would you say water companies should be, should be doing? Mm. Wow. Um, (laughs) man, Mm. I would, um, the first thing I would ask is what do you call your customers? Are, are your customers customers or are they rate payers? Because that, that, tells, that tells me where they kind of, that, that tells me the value that they place on their customer base, if that makes sense. Um, because if you're looking at that, that customer surely as a, it's a transaction, right? Every month I send them a bill and I expect them to pay me in return. Adam, that is a whole line of thinking that has to be unraveled, if that makes sense. Like, you know, um, so it's, hey, are these rate payers or are they, are they customers? And if they're rate, you know, if, they're, if the answer is rate payers, then, then we need to see, is there a champion in the organization that is even willing to invest, invest one iota in communications or marketing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but for, but I think that's hopefully of the minority and, and we're getting better. But um, I think for, for water systems that, that want to evolve their communications and marketing strategies, then it's like, great. Uh, let's start with your database. I would ask a whole line. Let me see, where are you holding your data? What type of data are you collecting? What channels are you on? You know, is it diverse? Is it, you know, digital, as, you know, social, um, you know, email, print? So, you know, you know, start to do an assessment of how well do they know their customers and you get to that by seeing what type of data they collect and, and then you can kind of build a strategy from there. But a very data-oriented person. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's what it's all about. I mean, marketing, like you said, starts with marketing to understand who you're speaking to. I mean, yeah. you can't craft your message until you know who your audience is. That's right. And so, you know, that's that whole idea of, of doing that deep dive into your data and understanding what is important in that terms, in, in those terms to your, your, your client base, then you can actually craft your message and it makes all the sense in the world. That's right. Yeah, we call that, you know, right, right message, right channel, right time, right? All of those things have to be right before your message even gets heard. And then it takes seven times before it gets committed to memory. So if your communication plan is every year, we're going to send a consumer confidence report uh, in your billing insert, um, your customers don't know the value of water. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's not a, that's not a, that's not going to get the job done. Right. Right. So what's next for uh, uh, 120 Water, Megan? Where, where are you going with it? Uh, the future, how do you see it going forward? 
Oh, yeah. Great question. Um, well, we we raised a Series A last year, uh, $7 million in Series A, and that was really to take 120 water to the next level and, and go from what we would call kind of a point solution, really solving problems around lead and drinking water, and really expanding to other solutions beyond lead. So, um, so we've... Um, We've effectively done that through through COVID. Even um, we just launched our COVID and wastewater uh, monitoring solution a few months ago, which uh, we see a great opportunity in, in wastewater monitoring. But um, but be, you know, in drinking water itself, you know, lead is just one of many other things that our customers are tasked with managing on a daily basis. And so um, we have a roadmap that keeps us very busy and kind of prioritizing what are the right programs that we should expand into. And um, and doing that um, for as long as um, for as long as we can, <clears throat> as well as um, you know building out our our partner ecosystem as well, which we believe is going to be critical to digital transformation. Um, you know, making sure that that we are building um, an ecosystem where our customers are not only able to interact with 120, but all of the other hardware and software um, solutions that they that they need to to run to do their jobs as well. So okay, kind of a two pronged approach. Excellent. Excellent. So maybe uh, anything else? Yeah, we're starting. I mean, we have about, I'd say, you know, a couple minutes left before we wrap up. Yeah. If you, you know, if, if you could fly a plane that had a banner on the back of it oh, gosh. in front of every single water professional's house in the U.S., what would that, what would you want that banner to say? What do you think water professionals today need to know? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. What? How many characters do I have? One hundred and forty. <laughs> Think about it like a tweet. Think about it like. A tweet. <laughs> uh, honestly, um, knowing I think what what kind of job it's going to take over the next decade to be in water, um, embrace innovation. I, I you know I I, I do think we're going to have to. I mean. Companies like 120 Water, we're not perfect and we're not going to get it right all the time. But I think looking to companies like 120 Water to take risks and iterate fast and try to bring innovative solutions that help the job get easier, done more effectively, done more costly, is going to be critical um, to to the water sector over the next decade. So um, embrace uh, embrace the innovation. I love that. Be a good model for, for us all, Megan. And uh, I know this is going to be well received by the Water Online audience because they're all about that journey and how can they improve how they tell their story. So um, fantastic uh, interview. And we really appreciate the, the time you spent with us. 